Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful this morning to be able to gather in your name and that you've revealed yourself to us, that you are actually present here among us. Lord, I pray that we would be renewed in the deep awareness of your presence and your love for us this very morning. To the glory of your name, amen. I've been thinking a lot lately about um, legacy. I think I even mentioned that the last time I was up here doing some preaching. Thinking about what does it mean to have lived a life and have other people see that life and reflect on that life and have a sense of what that life meant. That concept of legacy. What are the tracings left behind from my life? What would people say about what I really cared about who I really was at the core, if they were to learn just a little bit about my life or if they had a chance to watch it like a movie, what would it say? If my life were a coin, what inscription would be written on it? I think about that a lot lately. Um, I had a, a re recollection, I think it was just a couple days ago, about a, a company that I went to work for and I remember sitting down with the executive vice president, it was a pretty big company, and they wanted me to head up one of their sales forces for them. And uh, he said to me, he said, Eric, do you realize what an opportunity this, this is for you to come in here and to lead this whole section? He says, you could really, you could put your thumbprint on this business unit and really this company, and, and you could change it. You could impress upon it you know, part of who you are and what's really important, you could make an impact and people would see it and recognize it and know it. And I thought, wow, that, that sounded really cool. It kind of drew me in, you know. And, um, and I did have an impact on that company. And I was thinking about, well, what, what, what did people really read about that thumbprint? I mean, the impact that I had, what was the thing that they took away from it? I think some people knew that I was a Christ follower. Some people knew that. Some people knew that it was something a little bit different about me. Um, but I'm not sure how well they could have read it. Sometimes I'm not even sure if people watched my entire week how much they would read that I'm Jesus, I'm one of his own, if they were to look at my life. It, I, that's a, that on the one hand is a really sad thing, but on the other hand, I want to present it today as an opportunity because there's always more for us to bring back under the lordship of Jesus. There's always more of who we are that can be set free in his presence. We can enjoy more and more of his presence in our hearts and then have it expressed in our lives that are really meaningful and beautiful and profound. They're not just life-changing for us. They become the occasion of perhaps life change for other people too. That's what the Lord is presenting to us today as an opportunity is that chance to be renewed in the truth that we belong to him. And that's really what our hearts want. The devastating truth is if we don't do that, if we don't really renew ourselves in that truth, the meanings that come out are so distorted. I just think my heart breaks over the me too thing that's going on in our internet right now. 
How many lives were marked by folks who did not make sure that their lives were marked by Jesus? That's the tragedy. So we don't come under his presence and we don't become renewed in his presence. If we don't become renewed in his love and let him write his name on our hearts, if we don't begin to reflect in an undiminished and beautiful way, in our unique way, his light, then bad things can happen. I look at um, particularly our gospel this morning and I think uh, a lot of times what we try and do is we try and craft our own life and then try and co-opt God to bless it rather than seeing our lives as something that, that he's created and that he wants to be involved with and that he wants to give meaning to and he wants to bless for real flourishing, for real creativity, for real wonderful impact on the world. And I think you see that with the Pharisees, right? They, they do the co-opting thing. They really want to see if they can pull Jesus in, and, or if not, they're going to see if they can put him in a box somewhere so they don't have to deal with his problem. Because he's a problem to their own sense of how am I going to make an impact on life. So they're coming up to him, and they're coming with the Herodians. It's an uneasy sort of alliance. The Herodians are even more aligned with the kingdom of Caesar. But their Pharisees are coming with the Herodians and they're trying to butter up Jesus. And I think we do this too. I, I do this. You know, uh, we butter up the Lord sometimes. We're trying to guess, maybe get him to, uh, to go along with it. They say this, teacher, we know that you're true and you teach the way of God truthfully. Uh, you're not, you don't really care about anybody's opinion. You're, you're not actually worried about all the anxieties that hin inhibit all of us. That, that's pretty much true. He's not. But they're just trying to get him um, uh, into a box anyway. Um, and he says, they say, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And the, th this is a really a malicious attempt on their part, part to put him in a box, to either get him to go into their way of thinking, which would be to align with Caesar, or to get them, him to align with the revolutionaries so that they could distance themselves from him. A lot of times, by the way, I think we do this. We put a binary. It's like either this or that. Look, God, either you do this or you do that. And sometimes people will want to say to us, you're either this or that because you can't be both. Jesus, you're either a blasphemer or you're a true prophet because you can't be God and man. But actually, Jesus says, wait a minute, no, I'm here I'm here revealing God. I am both God and man. That either or does not work. I am both God and man. They're trying to force him into a binary. I think just uh, as a, a principle of life, by the way, just be, be on the lookout for folks who try and put you into that either or. The world does this to Christians all the time, by the way. You know, if you're really a Christian, live up to your values. And if you aren't, then let's not have any values. That's kind of the binary we're often given. Whereas the truth is, we do have deep values. We know we can't live up to them, and but for the grace of God, right? So they're putting him in this binary choice, and he names what they're doing. Why are you testing me? You put on this really good face. This is what hypocrisy means. You're putting on this really good face, like by trying to say what a great guy I am, but you have malicious intent in your heart because you're trying to do some power. 
You're trying to exercise some power to either put me outside of any influence here or inside and under your influence. So show me the coin of this tax that you're asking about. And then the famous passage that most of us know, he asks a question, and I love it that he asks questions, and I think he's asking questions of us this morning, as I've already alluded. Whose likeness and whose title is there? Whose image is on that coin? Uh, Who's the person that's named there? It's Caesar. It's the emperor. Well, then give to the emperor what's the emperor's. But give to God what belongs to God. And then they go away. His disciples remain with him. His disciples know something that those who just walked away don't know. Is that Jesus is the one who is the perfect image of God in man. He is God become man. He is the perfect image of the invisible and holy other God. And he is there. He is there and the title of God and the image of God is being manifest through him and disciples stay with him. In fact, they begin to understand that they belong to him not to the world and not to Caesar. And not even to anything that they could invent about themselves. The disciples have to learn, by the way, that they're not going to be able to write into their script who God should be. Instead, he's going to write them into his, which will be true freedom. They begin to realize that they are to give their whole hearts and render to God what is God's. And Jesus is showing them that. One of the things that we wonder about our whole life is, Lord, how are you with us right now? Moses was asking the same question in our first reading. He wanted God to be with him. He even said, don't send me into this mission that you're giving me unless you're really with me, unless your presence is with me. Jesus, uh, God had already said, my presence is with you, my face is with you, but you can't look upon all of my glory. You can't look me face to face in all of my glory, but I'm going to reveal myself to you and I'm with you. And then he passes by him and, and Moses is so aware of the presence of God. He's so exposed to the presence of God that after that he shines, he glows with that glory. He's a reflection one that ultimately dims because he's not continually in the presence of God and reflecting him the way Jesus is, for instance. But he sees God and that glory reflection starts to change his face. And he just sees God passing by. He sees God in motion from the back. And he hears God's name pronounced over him. Yahweh. That incredible name of God that we don't exactly know how it sounded for sure but it was the God who was and is and is to come and the God of all being and he passes by and so Moses can go out and be a reflection of that glory 
And he can go in confidence because that God who promised to be with him was with him. His presence was with him. We have God's presence with us in a very profound way right now. He's not just on the outside leading us in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night as he did with the Israelites. He's actually within us. And even, in an even more profound way, God is present with us this morning. And he can be present completely with us and begin to shine through our lives with a light that actually is beautiful and attractive and it leaves behind it some tracings of glory that can speak of the beauty of God and the love of God as we live in the truth of that presence of God in us. His Holy Spirit, if we've been baptized into Christ and we're living in him, as it says in our baptismal liturgy, you are sealed and in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. You are marked as Christ's own forever. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. That's how you're marked. His image and inscription has been marked upon you. And every Sunday we have a chance to be renewed in that truth. Every Sunday we have a chance to be suffused in the Holy Spirit who's saying, you are my son and my daughter, you're made in my image in a beautiful and wondrous way. Every Sunday, we have a chance to be renewed in the truth that we've been sealed and marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit forever. So that we can leave behind the tracings in our lives of the glory of God. I just want to spend a few minutes here in prayer for us. So, like talking about this just isn't enough. <laughs> And I want us to be renewed in this beginning now and as we come to the table and as we come to our confession, the ways in which we have not said, yes, Lord, I belong to you and I want my life to belong to you. I want my life to be sealed and marked. I want the inscription to say very clearly whose I am. I want to go with you every day of the week. I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. I don't want to go anymore into the week unless I know that your presence goes with me. So let's begin by praying. Lord Jesus, you came among us as Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, it's so often the case that when you come with us that we don't fully realize until you've gone by, until you break the bread and then you disappear and we realize it was God. You have come among us again. Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning we'd be renewed in the truth that you are here and you are with us. That you have never left us. You've never forsaken us. And that there's not one part of ourselves that we should keep out of your presence because it is all good in an all-blessed way. Lord, I just pray that by your Holy Spirit that you'd begin to well up within us right now. Lord, I know that there's fears and just deep, raw need amongst many of us. There is a need at times that is so painful it feels like our guts are going to be turned inside out. And Holy Spirit, you are there to bring healing, the healing of God's presence. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you came among us, you came to reveal the truth of God in man so that we might have that truth living within us as a living truth through the Holy Spirit, the Lord of truth. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, the truth-speaking one, would begin to speak the truth that I am a son, that I am a daughter of your Father. Lord Jesus, speak that truth in us again that we are your beloved children, your beloved daughter, your beloved son. And well up within us, Lord, so that we would spill out with glory, so that we would spill out with words that bring truth to other people who are living lies that hurt them, so that we would shine light to people who are in their own darkness. Lord, we see the consequences of not living in your light. We see the consequences of not letting your spirit being shaken down and pressed together into our souls until it overflows. We see the consequences of that. And we don't want that to be the story of our lives. Instead, Lord, we want to be like Moses, shining with your light. And so we ask that you would, um, you would renew the truth that you are with us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, for those parts of our soul that we feel guilt even now, the ways in which the pain has been too much and so we've tried to stave it off with giving in to the lies of the tempter, Lord, I pray that you would just put your finger right on that by your Holy Spirit. You'd put your finger on that for us so that then you can remove it as we make our confession so that that part of our hearts can be flooded with light and that inscribed in our hearts would be the beautiful reflection of you and that you are the Lord. You are our emperor. We pray this in your holy name, Lord Jesus, the name that says Yahweh saves. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.